following podcast episode does contain some conversation around bullying and suicide among young adults. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or just need someone to talk to, you can call or text 988. That is the Lifeline phone number. You can also call 1-800-273-8255. They are available 24-7 for people in emotional distress or suicidal crisis. With so many stories of strength, perseverance, and life-changing journeys, I knew I had to help share the good in the world. My name is Christine Petrella, and I'm fortunate enough to host a podcast where I can speak with guests who have made such a large impact in their communities by giving back and being so generous to causes that need our attention. Samantha Wekeser is the founder and CEO of Mama Hen Media, a boutique agency that helps women-owned businesses achieve their marketing goals for growth through Pinterest, blogging, and plan-ahead content distribution. Their business model incorporates a give back through a sponsorship of a nonprofit called Girls on the Run. This amazing organization helps girls strengthen their confidence, their mind, and their body through a positive youth development program with running at its heart. Samantha Wekeser. It's funny. Our parents are very close besties, I would say. Yeah. You know, and I played soccer with your sister and I know your brother, but you and I didn't really have the chance to meet in Fairport. So how are you today? How have you been? I'm good. You're going well. Did you leave Fairport? Where are you located physically? I am still in Rochester, but we're over on the West side now. I married a West side boy. So. Oh, those West side boys. When did you guys meet? We've been married for 12 years now. So we probably met 17 years ago. Oh, goodness. So he took you away from Fairport. Were your parents okay with that? Graduate. <laughs> <laughs> so right after Fairport, you graduated Fairport High School. Right after that, where did you go to school? I went to UB. I got uh, University of Buffalo. I got my degree in psychology and thought I was going to pursue a career in psychology. And then decided it was a little too heavy for me. So I did not pursue a career there. Are you a Bills fan? Not particularly. My husband is. <laughs> <laughs> but I just sort of smile and nod along like I understand what's going on and I do not. We all do. I'm down here in Richmond, Virginia, and I swear to you, everywhere I go, I see Bills fans, whether they're wearing the hat or the jersey or they have a sticker on their car. They are everywhere. That's amazing. Let me let me get started. So you're the founder and CEO of Mama Hen Media. Can you talk to me a little bit about Mama Hen? Now, I do follow you on social media, so I'm assuming there is connection with chickens and how this business started. So how did Mama Hen Media come about? We actually started, I started as a virtual assistant and was working under the business name Just Ask for Sam. Kind of fell into it organically, you know, through people that I met online and started working, you know, helping business owners and just sort of grew and grew and grew. I loved it because I could work the hours that I wanted to and be home with my family. I have four children, 10 and under. So being available for them was really important to me. And as my business grew and my client base grew, I needed to bring on more team members and decided that the name Just Ask for Sam makes it sound like it's just me, when in fact I have now a team to support me. This was around 2020, so right about the same time we got chickens, 
backyard chickens, as many people did during the pandemic, we sort of spontaneously decided to get chickens in our backyard. So at that time, developing my agency, now marketing agency, the idea of chickens and like mama hen sort of nurturing and supporting and how the flock is together, all of that kind of brought me to the name Mama Hen Media. And it's really grown into a cohesive content marketing agency for women with online businesses. We help through Pinterest, email marketing, social media, blogging, um, really nurturing their audience, growing their flock, helping them you know, build the foundation for their content marketing online. And let me ask you a question. Would you recommend someone who is a work from home mama to go out and get chickens? So <laughs> you have to, um, <laughs> you have to have the hardiness for it. They're pretty easy to take care of in that you just got to let them out of the coop in the morning and put them back in at night. They're not very costly and we get tons of eggs with the price of eggs. Now it's been fantastic for my family. It's great education for the kids to really be involved in, you know, taking them from chicks to adult hens, but stuff goes wrong with them. They get sick, you know, they can be kind of mean to each other and pick on each other. So you have to have the stomach and the wherewithal to, to handle those situations too. But I love my birds. They are not just our chickens to provide eggs. They're our pets. You know, they have names and personalities and yeah, we love them. Because I keep getting asked by my kids if we can do that. And every time I research it, I think absolutely not. So I was excited to talk to you to get your opinion on that. But I want to know, what did it look like in the market when you decided, okay, we're going towards blogging, we're going towards Pinterest marketing? Because Pinterest I use, and I thought I knew what I was doing until I went to your website. And I realized that there is so much more to it, so many more algorithms, so much more trending I wasn't aware of. So why did you choose Pinterest to be the main focus over the other social media giants? Because I love it. Um, we have Instagram and Facebook that so many people are on and you know, it's still a very important part of your visibility, but can, it can also feel like a saturated platform. I really love Pinterest because of the intent of the users going to the platform. People go generally to Instagram and Facebook to scroll, to see what other people are doing. They go to Pinterest with intent. They want to find something. They want to learn how to do something. And so it's a great way to get in front of your audience and provide them that information. Pinners are also planners. Right now, we're seeing people starting to search for spring organization ideas. So that helps us plan content for the future, you know, in the coming months. If we have clients that are in any sort of arena around that, whether they are like a blogger with affiliate links, they could talk about their favorite spring organization products or our interior designer can talk about spring organization hacks that look good and are functional. Really taking advantage of that planning to build out our content based on what people are going to be looking for. And when they go to Pinterest and they search for that topic or that question, making sure that our content or client's content will show up as the answer to those questions. So when you mention that you're already seeing that people are starting to plan for spring, I can imagine trends 
happen and turn over so quickly. So how does your team prepare themselves to prepare for the quick turnover of all these trends? So it's about finding balance between utilizing tools like Pinterest trends and staying true to the audience and the you know service or product that our client provides. While there is an advantage to use trends in some arenas to get quick results, you know, Instagram Reels is a perfect example, right? You use a trending audio and you get eyes on your content. Um, It's not necessarily going to provide the long-term return or get customers in your client journey the way that you want them to. So we, while we use trends to inform our strategy, staying true to the client and what their audience, who their audience is and what they want them to do is also really important. So what are some best practices that you would recommend for someone who I I know a lot of people, even my husband is on Pinterest. He doesn't get on social media, but he goes on Pinterest because he wants to see different design ideas for different wood making and what are people doing with landscaping. So what are the best practices when you do sign up for a Pinterest account? So if you're looking to market your business on Pinterest, the number one thing is that you want to do your keyword research. So because it is a search and discovery platform, you want to make sure that your content is showing up when people are searching for it. So, you know, for example, if your husband is looking for landscaping ideas, if I was a landscaping business trying to share my information on Pinterest, Maybe I would use content like landscaping ideas for homeowners, backyard landscaping ideas, what products to use in your backyard. But you want to make sure you're using search terms that the audience is actually looking for. So if I'm trying to target homeowners looking to do things to their backyard, you know, update their landscaping, I wouldn't necessarily want to use really technical jargon or really industry-related jargon. That's not my industry, so I don't have any specific examples for you. But because it's not what the people are searching for, right? They're not looking for the tumbled brick number 42 or whatever it is. They're looking for backyard landscaping ideas. So making sure that you're using the terms that the audience is actually going to be searching for. And there's a few different ways to do that right on Pinterest, but making sure that you have your keywords down and that you have your visuals down because it is a visual platform. You want to make sure that people are, when they see all these pins that turn up in their search results, that they want to click on your pin because of the visuals, either the text, you know, that's really informative or the really beautiful visuals or something that sort of draws them in and makes them want to learn more. Right, right. And the internet is somewhat divided on this question. So I want to get your opinion on it. The amount of content creation, how often you should post. I hear people saying a couple times a day. I hear people saying, throw that out the window. Do not overwhelm yourself with a couple times a day. What is your opinion on content creation? We take a very balanced approach where it is important to create the content and have it out there, but not at the expense of your mental health not at the expense of, you know, spending time with your family. It's really important to find that balance. For Pinterest, we do recommend pinning multiple times a day. However, we are not doing that manually. We use tools 
my tailwind for scheduling. And that goes not just for Pinterest, but for all of the cohesive content planning. We have content calendars that we create for our clients and we plan out the blogs in advance. We really encourage batch creating, um, you know, doing all the graphics, doing all the keyword research and getting your content created in advance so that you don't feel that constant pressure like, oh, I have to post today. Oh, I have to post today. Oh, I haven't pinned anything today. That having those systems set up for you to, you know, support getting your content out to your audience while not feeling like you're just drowning in overwhelm all the time. And it's okay to take breaks. There are times when people are like, you know what, I'm, I'm hitting burnout or I just don't have the energy and it's okay. I would rather see a client take a break and not do a couple reels or not do Pinterest for you know a couple days than to burn themselves out and just give up completely. So are clients coming to you when they've reached that burnout phase or are you seeing they're coming to you in the beginning to avoid that burnout phase? A little bit of both. We often see people who have been trying to do their content marketing all on their own and sort of reach that point where they just don't have the capacity to do it all on their own or they've reached burnout or they realize they're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and they need more of a strategy behind their content marketing. And then we're able to support them, whether it's strategy planning all the way to implementation and hands-off done-for-you service. So it just kind of depends on where they're at when they come to us. Right. And you mentioned earlier search engine optimization SEO. How important is that for small businesses to focus on in the beginning? Or is it that important? I mean, I know when I type in, if I type in sneakers, I mean, I know Nike is coming straight to the top. Adidas is coming straight to the top. Do small businesses have an edge? Is there a way to get an edge so that they're right up there if sneakers is what they're selling or plants, whatever it is? Are they right up there with wedding 800 flowers? How do we fare as small businesses? It's a combination of figuring out who your ideal audience is. So Nike might be selling to anybody that's athletic and wants to buy sneakers or is an athletic and just wants to buy sneakers. Figuring out who your specific target audience is. So if you want to serve moms with foot pain because of pregnancy or something like that, you know, really dialing into who your target audience is and how you help them is a really good starting point. You know, you're not going to rank for things like sneakers because all of those big names who put money behind all of their content are going to do that. We focus more on organic content marketing and there could be a way for you to reach your audience, you know, with sneakers for tired moms. Maybe that's your search term. So there's, there's different tools that you can use to kind of see where you you can rank for SEO and maybe some different search terms that you have a better chance of ranking for and using those in your content as opposed to a generic term that everybody's fighting for. So let me ask you a question. I'm all about celebrating entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, whoever it is, all about celebrating wins for them. At what point in this journey of yours of, you know, just as Sam and uh, Mama Hen Media, have you felt so excited, like it's a win and you're celebrating or jumping up and down? And as a small business, it might just be you or a couple of people in that room. But what has been a moment that has stuck out with you when you just got so excited about a big win? In the fall of this year, we celebrated our two-year anniversary as an agency, as Mama Hen Media. 
And that was a huge win for us. My team consists of women, mostly moms across the U.S., who are independent contractors. So they have the flexibility to work whenever they want, from wherever they want. I really support them as mothers and business owners. And so two years as an agency with a team of six women across the U.S., that was a huge, a huge win for us. Like we made it. That is awesome. And it would be nice for more companies to jump on board because I know right now everyone, it's the flexibility. It's the ability to be home and run to an appointment if you need to, but still get your job done. Why do you think companies are not adapting or not filling that void for the employees who really want to have that flexibility? I think it takes a certain type of person that is able to do that. You know, I have a really great team now, but we've gone through a couple duds that weren't able to really um, be part of the team and reach the goals that we needed, you know, in a timely manner. So there's a certain type of person that can handle it. And then as their leader, I really let them know that it, they are valuable to me as a person, as a human being, and not just as a team member. Many of our team members, I think we've had like six babies in the last two years because, um, you know, they come to me or they're pregnant or they, you know, are going to have their second baby. And I give them the flexibility of you take the time off that you need. You let me know when you're ready to come back and then we'll work it into your schedule. We'll start small and give you, you know, the amount of work that you feel like you can handle. And if that changes, because I know every time your newborn gets this, their schedule down, they go ahead and switch it on you. <laughs> if that changes, we have the option to switch up their workload a little bit and give them the flexibility. There's very little that I need done that is time specific. A lot of it, you know, because we batch plan our and batch create our content that we're able to do ahead of time so that, you know, we're able to fill in those gaps. All right. Well, good on you for doing that. And I, I hope that you get a flood of job inquiries coming through because I know that's a big struggle for a lot of people right now. And we have so many different... We were talking earlier before I hit record on the podcast is the flu is going around and you still have COVID that you're worrying about. And you, there's so many different things happening that it's just... I, I don't know what people do who have that unflexible schedule. And I know a lot of people are working to build their own businesses so they can have that flexible schedule. So hopefully you get some job inquiries coming out of there. But something I've been trying to help small businesses understand is there are just so many ways to build a give back into your business model. So you've chosen an organization, a nonprofit to sponsor. So tell me more about Girls on the Run. I love Girls on the Run. <laughs> I came to learn about this organization sort of organically. So my oldest daughter participated in it last year. And it is a running program, but there's a whole curriculum for it. It targets girls third through fifth grade and helps teach them confidence and empowers them to deal with situations like gossip or bullying and how to be a good friend and problem solving. And I learned about it when my daughter was part of the program and I was her running buddy. So they do a celebratory 5K at the end of the season. And I trained with her so I could be her running buddy and run the 5K with her and did that for the fall and spring season and just loved it and wanted to be more involved. 
So uh, I spent some time researching and there's our local chapter, the Rochester Girls on the Run, and found a way for Mama Hen Media to sponsor the program. No girl is ever turned away from the program because of financial need. They supply sneakers if needed. And I really love the message behind the program to empower girls because I believe that strong and empowered girls become strong and empowered women. And that's who we support. So Mama Head Media became a sponsor this year in the fall. And I also volunteer my time as a coach. And I also volunteer on the marketing committee. So I spend a lot of time personally giving back to this organization as well. Love this organization. I hadn't heard of it before you had brought it to my attention. Is this a national organization or is this local to Rochester, New York? It is a national program and they have a curriculum. We get this big old binder with the lesson plan for each of the days that incorporates physical, emotional, mental health, sort of all into one. It's a national program and then there's different chapters locally. And it came to Rochester, I believe about 10 years ago, it came to the Rochester area and it's grown immensely. Anybody that wants to start a chapter at their local school district or local area, you just go to girlsontherun.org and can get some more information there about how you can help out and how you can give back. So today, personally, my opinion here. I think girls have so much more pressure when it comes to social media, when it comes to the stresses of COVID-19. There are so many different ways to access, I mean, photos. You take a photo and you put it on the World Wide Web and it's there and someone can take a screenshot of it. I can't imagine when I was younger, the stupid stuff I probably would have taken photos of and just posted it. And personally, it was acne that I was worried about. It was mean girl gossip that I was worried about. Would I get invited to this party or or not? What were you worried about when you were your daughter's age? Oh, I just didn't have any confidence. You know, I was sort of worried about all of the things and who was going to think what of me. And so grateful that we did not have social media back then. (laughs) I can't even imagine. But I think just confidence in myself was lacking. And that's one of the reasons that I really love this Girls on the Run program is it really helps build character and confidence. And as we're reaching girls from the third to fifth grade age, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of them haven't been on social media much, haven't been exposed to that. So it's reaching them at that critical age before they really get into the thick of it, before they really get into teenagers and hormones and all of those things. So giving them the tools before they get to that stage, you know, we talk about social media and just media in general and looking through magazines. Okay. Do you think what this image is saying is healthy for girls? Who do you think is making this message? What do you think they're trying to get you to do? You know, whether it's buy this shampoo or whatever, and what are they not telling you? And sort of equipping them with the tools to decipher these messages that they're going to be bombarded with as they get older. The same goes for dealing with social situations. You know, we have stop and take a breather where you stop and you breathe and think about how you're going to respond before you actually respond. You know, equipping them with those tools and social situations where people are going to say things that 
are unkind and how you can handle that to respond. That is huge. I don't think those resources were available when we were growing up. And if they were available, I certainly didn't know about them. I was very fortunate and I I know, and I'm going to speak for you because I know Kathy (laughs) and Kathy is a very strong woman. So I, and so is my mom. I mean, if it wasn't for my mom being such a great role model, and I knew whenever I would see your mom at school or in the office, because she worked at the school we went to, she was always smiling and happy, but she was always firm at the same time. And that's the role model. Those are the role models that you know we had. But I don't remember any after-school activity that I could go to to learn how to better communicate with my peers. So this organization is such a huge step, I think, in involving coaches and children and figuring out how to do that together. Because I think I even at, at this day and age would love to here are some of those tools that are being provided. So who is on the staff of this organization? I mean, you have coaches, are there therapists? Who's doing the curriculum? How does that all mesh together? Yeah, so the curriculum is created for the whole national organization. So a lot of the outline of the program is provided um, by the national organization. And at the local level, There is, you know, committees for different things. There's like the marketing committee, you know, doing events, social media manager, the executive leader, president or whatever, executive director. There we go. Kelly, she's the (laughs) director. And there's other, there's the board of directors, there's people involved there. And then coaches is purely volunteers. Um, At each location, there has to be at least two coaches and they are volunteers, a lot of teachers, some parents. And, you know, just other community members that want to get involved, but it relies a lot on people donating their time and their energy to help with the 5k events. We do a celebratory 5k at the end of each season. We just did ours on December 4th and relying on volunteers to help direct parking for the event, to hand out water at the event to just help with snacks or organization, all of that really depends a lot on people volunteering their time. And what changes have you seen in the girls? Because I know when I volunteer, I love to see that success story. Unfortunately, there's not always a success story. But what have you seen in these girls that just kind of really change your perspective on how proud you are of their growth through this journey? It is so fun. I Almost got a little teary at our last session because we're done for the fall season. And I'm going to miss these girls. You know, I was spending an hour and a half with them twice a week, really talking about deep issues. But my favorite thing was when we would sort of talk about a, a tool that they could use in their toolbox to deal with any situation, for instance, fighting with their younger sibling or, you know, when they don't want to listen to their parent. And then when we meet again and they talk about how they applied it in real life examples, you know, I was talking to my friend and she said something not that nice about another person. And so I stopped and breathed and responded to her and said, I feel that what you said was not nice because, and just hearing how they actually apply it to the real life is so rewarding. And then, you know, there's the physical aspect of it. We run every practice we run. And the girls set goals completely on their own. You know, we tell them, this is how long we're going to run for today. You set your lap goal. And 
just the the way their faces light up when they beat their lap goal. You know, I beat my lap goal the last three practices and how it just motivates them to work harder and set their goal a little higher next time. That is phenomenal. I cannot wait to learn more about Girls on the Run. I, I'm going to look up and see if we have a local chapter. They do something at our school. I think it's Run Club every Friday morning and the kids love it. But I, I think adding that extra element to it and then maybe keeping it separated, you know, girls, boys, or whoever you would like to identify with, have that group together to feel that safe space and to feel like you can come and have a coach that understands what you're going through and then other people around you that understand what you're going through. And I think the impact, I went onto the website to learn more and please everyone go to the website, uh, girlsontherun.org, as Sam mentioned earlier, because there are so many ways to give. And then by giving business to Mama Hen, they are then able to increase the sponsorship or continue their sponsorship. But here are some stats for you from the impact page of that.org. 97% of the girls in this organization said that they learned critical life skills to include resolving conflict, helping others, making intentional decisions, which is something that you had just mentioned. 85% of the girls improved in their confidence, caring, competence, character development, or connection to others, which I don't at that age, when you're in third through fifth grade, it's something that we need to work on developing. You go to art class, you go to gym class, you go to your resource or music, but who is working with you on that deeper connection and how to handle yourself? And the last stat I'll mention that I thought was very important is 40% increase in physical activity levels among the girls that were least active in the start of the season. So as you mentioned, they set their goals but they're seeing the 40% are increasing in their own physical activity, which is a huge win at the end of the day to be able to put it on paper and say, not only maybe mentally am I improving, but I can see it on this chart. I can see this changing and I can see my, my mindset just opening up. So what has your impact been? How many years have you been able to sponsor Girls on the Run? This is our first year sponsoring Girls on the Run. And so we are a high-level sponsor to the local Rochester organization and uh, volunteer my time as a coach and on the marketing committee. We also have a link that we share for our audience to donate to Girls on the Run. And with our clients, when they get their invoices, there's a little... We have a little section for them. If you'd like to give a little bit to Girls on the Run this month, and it goes directly 100% to Girls on the Run. What a great idea. Another reason why I do this podcast is so entrepreneurs can share the ideas of how to give back. It's not always just opening up that checkbook and writing that big check. It's, hey, let's see who of my clients can get involved too. And you do a great job of educating on your website, your clientele, and anyone visiting your website. So what do you think the future of social media has become? Right now as a mom, I'm like so scared about what social media is. But then on the flip side, there's so much good that can come building the businesses, building confidence, building awareness. Where do you see social media going in the future? You know, it's really about balance. People have gone to extremes with online bullying and, you know, people putting each other down and kids being suicidal because of things on social media. And so I think it's really important to have the knowledge and the education that 
you know, this is just one little part of your human relationships. There's so much more about understanding yourself and ways to communicate with people other than, you know, this tiny little avenue and that you don't have to be on every trend. And if you're feeling burnout, then take the time for yourself. Don't feel there's a lot of pressure and understanding, you know, what you see on social media is not always reality. I mean, even myself, I'll take a video and I have a nice clear wall behind me, but in front of me is a basket of laundry and my two dogs laying on the <laughs> you know, you have to understand that you are just seeing a tiny little fraction of that person's reality. That is so true. I'm even trying to become more aware of the perception that I give off. And, you know, I, I even posted something today and it's it's me trying to get more in touch with reality is I took a picture with myself and a candle that says like, be calm or I'm going to be calm today. And when I lifted that candle up to my face, it almost burned my eyebrow. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, obviously I'm going to post a cute picture of me with a candle, but who, no one knows that 30 seconds before I almost lit my face on fire. Yeah. It's, it's important that we, we show that side of ourselves, I think. And I'm, I'm trying to do more of that on my own. I don't think I'm doing a good job of it, but I appreciate you saying that just to know that there's someone else out there who feels a similar way. So what is your message to female entrepreneurs as they get started? How can Mama Hen Media help them? kick off or be more productive? Yeah. So at Mama Head Media, we are a boutique marketing agency that provides cohesive and effective content marketing for women-owned businesses. So whether that is you just need some support in the form of a strategy call, or you want completely done-for-you service, we handle everything from the blogging, your email, your social media, and your Pinterest. And you can reach out to us at mamahenmedia.com. Perfect. And on social media, I will post on my blog, all of the sites. What is your message to do good in the world, Sam? Find out what really resonates with you. If there is a cause or a, a group of people that really are important to you, then it's easy to give back because you truly value what they're offering or what they're doing or how they are contributing to society. Just find something that you really value and find out how you can help. You know, the internet's a wonderful thing sometimes and you can get a lot of information about different ways that you can give back. The last thing I want to touch upon is for all of the parents, guardians who are out there listening and they want to get their daughters involved in Girls on the Run, what would be a piece of advice from you for them? Definitely go to the website girlsontherun.org and find out if there is a chapter in your area. If not, they have a lot of great resources where you can either start a chapter or other ways that you can give back if you wanted to start your own team or if you want to donate to the organization or learn more about the organization, but definitely go to their website. Thank you, Sam, for all of your time. I loved learning more about Mama Hen Media. 
girlsontherun.org is a phenomenal, phenomenal organization that I hope more and more parents get their children involved in. It's easier to get involved when we understand what it is. It's tough when we just see something written or a logo on someone's website. So to have that continued education on the visibility of that is is so important and so key. So Sam, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sitting down with me on the Give Back Model podcast. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. According to the World Economic Forum, in a July 2022 study, women entrepreneurship is increasing around the globe, which is great, but there are many roadblocks that still remain, and men outnumber women three to one when it comes to business ownership. Now, I do understand that obstacles in developing economies include access to finance and legal inequalities and restrictions on owning and managing property. But companies like Mama Hen Media and leaders like Samantha are making it possible to launch and maintain growth through business online presence. They actively engage followers with relevant content information and by providing a deeper connection when intent searching. As a mom of four, Samantha highlighted the importance of a trusted resource for girls to lead an emotionally and physically healthy life. With chapters nationwide and the ability to apply to start a local chapter, there is limitless potential to support girls at a critical stage in their lives. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Give Back Model podcast. You can head over to my website, thegivebackmodel.com. But with some exciting news, I will be removing the merch section of that website with plans to launch my own, very own cause-driven brand in the new year. You can sign up to be one of the first to know when the website goes live by heading over to goldiv.us, where 10% of net profits will be donated to organizations that speak up for children. More information to come. 